Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Big money siege. Uh, before we get to all the hockey stuff, the Toronto Maple Leafs are very much uh, a topic of discussion in this first part of our segment. And also, we're going to have sports interaction. And today is American Thanksgiving. So, happy uh, day to everyone who celebrates. And uh, we will be getting to all the teams who are currently in the playoff spot. And we'll go through our contenders and pretenders segment like we did last year. But before we get to all that, Canada versus Belgium yesterday in the Men's World Cup. Siege, what did you think? This one ripped me apart, man. Um because on one, hand, I feel? on one hand, you're just so excited to see them play that well and really go for it. And probably, well, I don't even think probably, I mean, objectively, whether you're Canadian or not, I think they deserve the better result than, than what they got. And so I, I'm trying to focus on the positive side that they played a game that, that was that electric, that was that much fun. You know, North Star bets. Uh, had a had a viewing party type deal at in Toronto here, so I was watching it with about 500 other people, and and that that even added to it. A lot of friendly faces there. David Amber, shout out, Sulman, lot, lots of good friends there. So it was anyway. It was a fun day. It was really cool to to see Canada play that well. And then that's what I'm saying. I have these conflicting emotions because you know the 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 painful reality is is if they don't win some of these games, then the games will be over pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty short because uh, they get back to it on Sunday against Croatia, and we'll we'll talk about that game in uh, sports interaction. Uh, yeah, so if they lose to Croatia, it's over. I mean, yes, they will have one more game after. Maybe they get a win or another result against Morocco, but if they lose against Croatia, the World Cup dream in 2022 is over. But let's not think there, that way. Is there There's a scenario time. if they draw that game, they can still get through? There is. I think they. Might need some help, but they would definitely still need to uh, win that final game against Morocco to get through. They definitely need a result of some kind against Croatia. They cannot afford to drop any more points. I'll I'll tell you this. I am not going to even vaguely moonlight as a soccer or football uh, savvy uh, individual at all. But shouldn't there have been another penalty called in the first half? Or am I just yes. am I seeing that through Canadian colored glasses like that? Like that? No. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not being crazy. There should have been a penalty on uh, the challenge that uh, went uncalled uh, involving Tejan Buchanan. And I forget which Belgian defender tripped him up. Yes, there should have been one. Yeah. Belgium played like junk, man. And I didn't like the celebration after the world. The the frigging goal. I mean, that came out of of nowhere. Jesus. It did come out of, you know what it is? I didn't expect. I didn't expect to come away from that game thinking Canada should have won. I figured they were going to be competitive. I didn't think, like, after the game, I'd be like, Canada should have won, like, 3-1 or 4-1. No, I, I actually thought they were going to have to play cynically and, like, play a really boring game and just try to take advantage of a mistake. You know, the way we see a lot of the smaller nations in international hockey play and when it gets to best on best, right? And, and you know, rely on your goaltender or this or that, but, like, the fact they like took it to them for a good portion of the game was insane. Um, one of the guys standing with me there actually had the expected goals. I don't know where it ended up, but at one point it was like two expected goals to 0.5 or something. Like it was 
Um, anyway, yeah, I'm as you can tell, I'm all over the place because like I, I just did not. I'm with you. I just did not expect them to be good. Maybe that maybe I should have had higher expectations because um, oh, they were man. they were really good in the qualifying campaign, obviously. So it's not like, but you know, you just think you get to a different level when you're playing, you know, Belgium or you know some of these other top teams from Europe. Yeah, like Belgium. I mean, they're the second ranked team in all of FIFA. Like that, that was the hardest team in their group that they were going to go up against, and they gave them a challenge. Uh, Batshuayi, who scored the goal uh, to give Belgium the win, I think even after was surprised at how good Canada was. But again, they need a result against Croatia, and uh, if they do, all eyes will be on Canada versus Morocco as they finish out that group. But. Uh, yeah, very much some excitement from both of us following uh, Canada at the men's world at the men's world cup. Uh, we'll be tracking that after on, on our Monday show. We'll you'll you'll know, see this how is we feel. After that. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. I love I love these side shows that we end up creating when we talk about topics that have nothing to do with hockey. Um, but yeah, the World Cup. Uh, before we get to sports interaction, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they've been uh, very busy. The last little while with uh, Morgan Riley going on LTIR. They get Connor Timmons, I believe, another product of the Sioux. That's correct. <laughs> Greyhound alumni is really strong in the Leafs dressing room or in the Leafs organization. What is this obsession with Sioux? I mean, I know Kyle Dubas was there, but like, is this a bit much like he keeps getting these players? I mean, it might be. I, I actually like this trade myself um because obviously the Leafs defense is depleted in this case they're not giving up very much you know just a, a prospect from their, their farm team but you know it's not like they're spending draft capital to do it he's only 24 years old he's had a really rough run this being Connor Timmons of, of injuries uh, he's had neck and and knee issues he you know he missed a good chunk of time with concussion problems earlier in his career but he's he's a right shot defenseman and he's got some size which is two things the Leafs don't have in abundance even if you look down the depth chart below the NHL level. And so I think that it makes a lot of sense to, to go get him and, and probably doesn't matter where he played his junior hockey. But I think in the in the big picture, I mean, they even even Jared McCann, who never actually played for the Leafs, they made a trade for him and then promptly lost him to Seattle in the expansion draft. Ted Sue ties, you know, Nick Ritchie, Rasmus Sandin was drafted out of the Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, Joe Thornton played in the Sioux once upon a time. Matt Murray, Jack Campbell. I mean, there's, there's the list goes on and on of players that Kyle Dubas. Well, I mean, in the case of Joe Thornton, for example, that was before Dubas was in the in the Sioux in a productive way. But yeah, there's there's it, there's a pattern there, and um, I mean, it is what it is. They're, they're all NHL players, and and I think in the case of Connor Timmons, as I say, given the organizational need right now, that that was a that was a nice tidy trade um, at a time when they don't really have a lot of flexibility to make a move. Exactly. Uh, uh, it to, for the record, I'm joking about the suit thing. It doesn't matter. If the players work, they work. Um, any thoughts on the Leafs slump, uh, stopping the uh, winning streak by the New Jersey Devils and how uh, it was weird, like three goals disallowed on the part of, uh, at least coming from the Devils anyway, and then fans throwing debris on the ice. I was trying to follow while I was watching the Flames-Penguins game. That was really cool. Uh, the Penguins honoring Evgeny Malkin before that game. But yeah, what did you think of the uh, the Leafs game? Well, you know, I actually think that they've turned a corner here the last little while. You know, November has been really good for them. Uh, I know they've dropped a couple games in overtime, but they've only lost one in regulation out of the last 10 or 11. Uh, they beat Boston, the team that hasn't lost many games. They beat New Jersey, although that was 
with some help from some overturned, go- you know, goals. And, and, you know, Matt Murray had a good performance, but, you know, I, I do think that we're seeing them get their legs under them and, and it's, it should be said they're missing their top three paid defensemen, probably their best three defensemen objectively to injury right now. Uh, they also lost Jordy Ben in the game, so it's not going to get any easier for them as they continue on their road trip. But, you know, I think Toronto has rebounded quite nicely from a, a, a sluggish start. Um, still waiting maybe to see a little bit more from, their top offensive guys, but you know, I'm not sure if that'll come when they're really kind of bailing water on the back end. I mean, Justin Hall played 25 minutes in that game. Mark Giordano, bless his soul, he's 39. He played almost 25 himself. I mean, they're just leaning on players. Rasmus Sandin was over 20 minutes that that wouldn't normally be getting those kind of minutes in in probably an ideal scenario. But this is sports, and they're they're getting by. And um, you know, so I think that was good. You know, the debris on the ice. What are you going to say? I, I saw there was also. Some some candy thrown on the ice in Denver last night too. I mean, what I don't yes. know what what is with this? I mean, I, I don't even does this need to be said? Like, don't do that. That's stupid. Uh, there's lots of ways to to vocalize your your um, unhappiness with the call or with the performance of your team. I think in this case, obviously the referees they're they're upset with, but don't do that. It was stupid. Uh, one of the Devils players, I think it was Eric Hollis, said he got hit with a chicken finger. So. Oh, given what it, no, that's, arena, that's given what arena prices are too like who wants to be just throwing that food on the on the ice come on yeah it's, it's a waste of money and it's, yeah. well, it's just and it's just no way to to react i mean come on it's silly it's ridiculous and yes there was a, a bag of candy thrown in the canucks avalanche game uh i think the commentators were saying that the bag hit elias Pettersson. i think while they were waiting for a face-off and you just see this bag of candy just exploded onto the ground like it's it's very childish, like like jerseys and, and stuff like that is that's bad enough like food like no, nah, this is. Yeah, I don't think we have to be police officers about this or parents about this, but stop throwing food, food on the do ice. chant, do whatever you want. I just think that there's a line and that's crossing it. Absolutely. Did I ever tell you about and, the game I was I covered World Hockey Championship in Latvia? Which uh, which game? 2006 worlds were in, in Riga, Canada played Latvia. There's like all this anticipation for the game and the referee called 16 minor penalties on Latvia and Canada won. It was a really lopsided score, 10, one or something. And literally the game had to be stopped two or three times. Someone threw a shoe on the ice, a cell phone. There was like $50 worth of coins swept off the ice. Like the Latvian players had to come out and, and, and like calm the fans, obviously in the local language. Um, and you know, after the game, so it was one of the wildest games I've ever attended, just straight That's up. Like nuts. it was it was nuts. And then I'm back in my hotel, uh, I think maybe like having a beer or something in the in the hotel bar after the game, and I hear like this drum beat. It's like doom, boom, it's getting closer. I'm like, what is that? And all of a sudden, there's like a mob in front of our hotel of Latvian fans, because I guess the referees were staying at my hotel. And they and they were bounding a dumb drum and going, "F you, referee!" But they weren't oh. saying "F." <laughs> like into the middle of the night, the, the Latvian fans were so passionate and angry. So, oh my god, hey, anyway, that's scary. That sticks in my mind. Thing. That's like over fifteen years ago, and it sticks in my mind today because it was little. I've never been in an atmosphere like that. It was crazy. Never heard that story, but that 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 would scare me. Like that. I mean, you don't know what those fans are going to do at that point. Yeah, I was too young and dumb. I wasn't. I, I didn't feel threatened. I, I like. I thought it was kind of hilarious, but but you know, and I don't think anything happened. But they were. Yeah. 
that was the extent of how angry they were. So, I mean, shout out Latvian hockey fans, very passionate, bring a lot of fun and color to the world tournaments, but that, that went a little far that night. A little far. Just a little. But anyway, uh, great story. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, imagine throwing your cell phone on the ice. So this is like a long time ago. It would have been like a would have been like an old school flip phone or something, but a cell phone on the ice, there was a shoe. Like there's like imagine you're the one guy leaving the rink with only one shoe. Like you're gonna get caught anyway. <laughs> Waste of anyway. If you have any fun, well, not so fun, uh stories of seeing stuff thrown on the ice, maybe you'll reference the waffle being thrown at a Leafs game once. Uh leave it in the comments section. We'd love to hear it. Uh, in the meantime. Uh, Sports Interaction is next. Uh, You can bet that our segment that we normally do uh, with David Bastl, DB, not available with us today. So it's just going to be CJ and I. CJ, I hope you're okay with the fact that uh, we won't have DB as the man in the middle. Uh, Yeah, hopefully that's okay. Uh, With uh, Sports Interaction, for those 19 and over, we ask that you please play responsibly. There is a link to responsible gaming strategies in the description of the show. It's time for You Can Bet Back. CJ, it is time to bring back uh, a segment that we did last year at American Thanksgiving called Contenders or Pretenders. This is the had, this is the yeah. ultimate segment where I just radio myself. Because no matter because no matter what I say, you're going to slap that label one way or the other on a team. So it doesn't matter how I couch it or any asterisk I provide. It's just going to be this team pretender. I don't. Like I it. mean, I mean. <laughs> That's kind of how the game works, man. And I mean, last year when you did it, the only real surprise was that you, you you marked Edmonton with the pretender label. And in all fairness, I understood why you did. Well, and then they went to the Western Conference Finals. So how did that turn out for me? Actually, uh, funny you mentioned that. So, uh, like, what I are we? The def- list- I actually think we should have it. Like, what do you mean by contender and pretender? So what I mean by contender, I don't mean it in the like this team should be a Stanley Cup contending team. I just think like do you see them as like a playoff team? Contender is just like a trendy name that just works in this scenario. Right. Because like pretender sounds harsh. It does sound harsh. But last year when I said that about Edmonton, I just didn't see them winning the cup with their goaltending. Like I'll even spare you the drama. If you say Edmonton again. I don't see them winning a cup with their goaltending. But do right, I have so to call I, them a pretender or what? Like, what, <laughs> how does that work? Uh, hmm. I understand the dilemma here. They have two so, of the absolute best players in the world having monster well, yeah. seasons yet again. But I just, I, I don't see it. Honestly, it's been a disaster with Jack Campbell. You know, praise up Stuart Skinner, but I just think it's a lot to ask of him. His first full NHL season. Uh, they don't have cap room, really. I mean, I guess they have Evander Kane's cap space now because of the gruesome injury he suffered. I don't know. I don't. I don't see them winning a cup. But but it's this is a crazy league. Like, how many teams could win the cup right now? Like, I think it's like ten. And that's not me sitting on the fence. Like, I think this season has actually been super exciting from a stand, like the standpoint of there's been a lot of unexpected things happening. A lot of long winning streaks and losing streaks. Like it's it's been a kind of interesting start to the season. And I, I think there's a lot of teams that could win. So I'm worried I'm going to be handing out the contenders like Halloween candy on the 31st of October right now. But well, you already just said that uh, you were thinking of 10 teams that could win a Stanley Cup. So I'm very intrigued at what you think those 10 teams are. That sounds to me like you have 10 contenders. 
All right. Well, let's get in. <laughs> All right. This let's... is a long way of saying I know I'm just going to like fill my social media feed with a lot of crap now. Uh, who cares? I'm sure it's not that bad. No, it's not too bad. But it does yeah. get you down some days, you know, like some days you don't like seeing all the hate in there. Some days you laugh at it. But other Fans days are you're passionate, man. Like it's it happens. I mean, you know what? I shouldn't say that about other people's mentions because like I know when my mentions get flooded, I get all like, ah, I get antsy about that. So I hope that they don't get too bad. And I don't think they'll get that bad. I honestly just think like with the teams that you're probably going to say as contenders, I'm not going to be that surprised. But one way to find out. Um, one thing I just wanted to mention, though, with uh, last year's contenders, pretenders list. Yes, Edmonton was on there, but there's something else I noticed that was really interesting, too. Um, so Carolina, Florida, Toronto, Tampa, Minnesota, St. Louis, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vegas and Colorado were contending teams. Colorado, we know what happened with them uh, last year. They go through the whole thing. They win the Stanley Cup. They were tied for the second to last wildcard spot at the time of U.S. Thanksgiving last year, for huh. what it's worth. Huh. So the only one I picked there, Winnipeg missed the playoffs. Was there anyone else that missed the playoffs that I said contender? Vegas. Yeah. Because well, Vegas just missed. I still, I stand by Vegas as a contender last year. They, like, you can't, you can't imagine the amount of injuries and everything they had. Like, the, you can't forecast for that in November. Also, uh, Two, the other two teams who were in the West in the in their conference finals, respectively, uh, the Rangers and uh, the the Oilers, uh, not mentioned as contenders. So, hey, anything could happen. That's just that's the whole point of this exercise. If you get mad, if you get mad, whatever. But like anything could happen. It's just a fun thing for us to look at. But anyway, well, and I'm making a call on November 24th and the playoffs don't start till mid-April. Like a lot of stuff can happen between then and now trades, injuries. Maybe I'll come to see the light on a team. Maybe a team will start playing better, right? I mean, I'm yeah. only can work on what I'm seeing from the teams today. And, uh, you know, anyway, let's get in this. Uh, let's start in. Producer the... Nick already says Boston's winning the cup. So, I mean, why do we, why are we even having a season now? Let's just go home. <laughs> let's just go home because the Boston Bruins, uh, the team that is a team of destiny, winning the cup. Let's start with the Metropolitan Division. I'm going to go through uh, the top three teams in each division. And then uh, we'll, in each, we'll start with the Eastern Conference. I'll start with the top three teams in the Metro and then the Atlantic, and then the teams in the two wildcard spots. So in the Metro, let's start with the New Jersey Devils, who currently lead that division. This is a red-hot screaming contender. Like, let's double underline the Devils' uh, contender status because... I have, double, I have double underlined it. I am not... I'm not just looking at a 13 game win streak, which I know has been ended at this recording, but I'm just looking at the full range of the way they play. They have thoroughly dominated the league this year. They like, seriously, their underlying shot metrics, expected goals for everything are through off the charts. You know, even in losing to the Leafs uh, on Wednesday night, they, they had a territorial advantage in that game. I just think they they are a 100% contender. I know that there's a lot of growing and learning that that might have to happen quickly for them to actually go and win a Stanley Cup, you know, with with players like Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes being so important to them and and not having that playoff experience. Uh typically we haven't seen that happen, but I I don't see any reason if if I'm not calling them a contender, this whole exercise is flawed because I to me they're the number one contender in the league based on 
the play so far through six weeks of the season. It's interesting that the Devils don't have that much experience. And then they have Lindy Ruff, who has boatloads of playoff experience. Yeah, I mean, that that's the hard thing to know how their season is going to develop. But if we're just going off what we're seeing, they have started great. And the, the, the hard thing is it's such a long season. Obviously, teams do have swings up and down. I think some of the really good teams in the league, a team like Colorado, and look, Colorado's dealing with a ton of injuries too, so this is a factor. But they, they maybe don't get up for the first part of the season as much as, as some of these teams that have something to prove. And so, you know, we might see the Devils uh, retreat a little bit in terms of how much of a contender I think they are. Um, but again, just going off of what we've seen so far, I, I just – I I'm impressed by them. I'm top to bottom. I mean, Lindy Ruff is uh, he's, he's seen some things, you know, he, we were talking about him at the start of the year, maybe his job's on the line. If things don't go well, well to say they've gone well would be an understatement to this, to this stage. Let's move on to the New York Islanders. They are second in the metropolitan division. I see them as a ooh, pretender. Uh, look, I think they're good enough to be a playoff team for sure. If we're talking about a contender to win the Stanley Cup, I, I don't see it as much. Uh, I know they've got a fantastic goaltender and and a certain way of playing games that that has had playoff success in the past that that got them the back to back Eastern Conference Finals under Barry Trotz. Um, but I I still think they're they're missing something offensively that's that is needed now. You know maybe they're one of the teams that have been mentioned. Maybe they get in the Patrick Kane sweepstakes later in the year. There, there's there's certainly things that they can do maybe to go up in my eyes, but you know, at this stage, I, I just don't see them among the teams. I consider a, a real Stanley cup threat this season. The Carolina hurricanes to round out the metropolitan divisions, top three teams contender. I mean, they're, they're another one, you know, just as they always are. It seems like, like all of the underlying numbers there are positive. They have the experience that, that we're talking about New Jersey, maybe not having, you know, Carolina's been through some, some playoff battles and, and um, you know, really followed what I think would be the model you think you see for teams that ultimately win a Stanley cup is, is going through that experiencing disappointment, learning how to play, you know, cause the games do change when you get to that part of the year. I, I think that, um, you know, we still have some, some lack of clarity in, in their goaltending picture. You know, they, they, they signed a young goaltender on Wednesday, Pyotr Kochikov, pardon me for the, the pronunciation. And, and he's had really encouraging start to his, his NHL career, but, we don't know if Frederick Anderson is going to be in that. I mean, there's there's question marks in Carolina um, when it comes to it, but I, I just think they've been a really good team for a really long time, and they've got lots of players. I mean, the, Marty Natchez has had a great start to the year, uh, Svechnikov as well. So I I just I think they have all the tools needed to to go and and, and win the thing. Are you aware that uh, Pyotr Kochetkov's nickname, according to Carolina Hurricanes Twitter, is Coochie? I am. I saw that yesterday when he signed his deal, Coochie. <laughs> I feel weird calling him Coochie, but I mean, I, I can at least pronounce that a little bit better. I got to work on that one because it looks like he's going to be a goaltender to watch. Yeah, I feel weird about Coochie. And I think, you know what, we'll just leave that there. Let's just go to the Atlantic Division and uh, the Boston Bruins. Uh, I mean, uh, I wonder <laughs> what you're going to say about those guys. Well, you can triple underline the Bruins. Not just double because they have all the positives that New Jersey does and they have lots of players that have been there and done that. And, and you know, we're really close to winning a Stanley Cup in 2019 with with the core of this team largely still intact. 
Um, you know, really impressive start to the year. You know, I, I would have, if we, I'm not sure if we did this in the preseason, but I know what my mindset was at that time. If we were talking about teams likely to fall off, I had the Bruins in mind entering this season. Um, I wasn't going to say they were going to miss the playoffs outright, but I just thought it was going to be a tougher early stretch with the injuries they had with some of the off season changes. You know, I think highly Bruce Cassidy is a coach and wasn't sure how it would go under Jim Montgomery. Well, again, if any of those preseason questions have been answered pretty resoundingly here to start the year. And so I, I would not be the least bit surprised to see Boston uh, parlay this into a special season. And you know, it's pretty cool too. Patrice Bergeron nearly retired. Right. And uh, here he is, um, you know, maybe with a chance to, to, to win the thing before, before actually going off into the sunset. Yeah, that'd be an interesting story. Uh, what about the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I'll say contender. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little closer to this team than the others in terms of watching them more and, and being around them day to day. I, I don't see what we've seen. Again, I'm going off the results. What we've seen so far, I don't think they're playing like a contender just yet. But I'm reasonably confident that their top players namely Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are going to catch some fire compared to where they've been in the season and I know that management has been pretty active in trying to to improve the team I think that you know they're going to have cap space and they're going to make some trades between now and the deadline and so I'm breaking my own strict rules here about how I'm going to label this but I, I don't think it'd be fair to call them a pretender I mean even that they're winning all the games they have in November without their full lineup with the injuries they've had you know I think that they're deserving of the C word rather than the P word. Um, but I'm going to have to see more, you know, I think when we revisit this, it'll be a little easier deeper into the the schedule, but cause I, I want to see what moves they make. Um, you know, I, I think that they understand they need both help at forward and defense. And I think Kyle Dubas will, will make moves in that regard, but um, they're still winning games with the team they have now. And I think that that, that gives them the, the small C contender status. Let's go to the Detroit Red Wings, who are third in the Atlantic Division. I love a good story as much as anyone else. Uh, I love that Billy Husso has gone there and done really well, you know, at, with a goaltender that was a UFA last year, but hadn't had a lot of experience. You didn't know how that would work out. You know, they, they've they made some savvy signings. They're definitely an improved team, but they're a pretender. You know, I don't see them... I don't see them as a, a huge threat to anyone at all. And I think in fact, that they'll have a tough time hanging on to that playoff spot as the season goes along. So, you know, I, they're on the rise, but I don't, I don't think they're there yet. Let's get to the wildcard teams. Uh, actually there's a uh, two teams tied for a spot, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, they trail the New York Rangers at uh, 24 points. So the Rangers, are you asking? So the Rangers, so the Ranger, so the Rangers are the team I'm asking. And then the other two teams actually that are tied uh, are Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. Okay. Rangers and Tampa contender. Um, I Look, this is a tough year for the Lightning. They've been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Like, I'm not sure. Our memories just because that all happened during the pandemic. Like, it's hard to remember what's what. But that's, that, they played a lot of hockey. So if, if this year ends up being a bit of a step back for Tampa, I don't think anyone would be too surprised just given they've played like an extra season during the last three seasons because of all the playoff games. Um, but I still, until proven otherwise, like I still think they're going to show up in the playoffs and be a really hard out for whomever they play in the first round. So they're, they're still a contender for me. The Rangers, it, it hasn't gone great this year for them. I think that they've, you know, faced maybe a little bit of adversity early in the season, but you know, they, they showed us enough last year. I mean, I, I was, I was sleeping on them last year in this exercise. I'm not, not doing it again. I, I think that 
they're another team that will be active as we get closer to the deadline. They, you know, they could very well add Patrick Kane. That's going to change the whole conversation about their team if they do so. And I just don't see any glaring holes. So they they got some of that experience last year. It's been a slower start to the season, but but for me, they're a contender. And the Penguins, unfortunately, I'm going to have to put the pretender status on them. Um, you know, I, I am aware in my preseason predictions, I had them going to the Stanley Cup final. So this is an about face uh, six, seven weeks later, but I just, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it's happening there in Pittsburgh. I know that's not, maybe that, that, that answer is lacking a little bit, but I just don't know that, that they're going to be able to, to put it all together. Um, and, and, you know, look, look at the age of some of their players. They've, they've had a bit of a bounce back here after a long losing streak at the end of October, but I don't know. I, to me, they're, they're not a serious threat to win the Stanley cup this year. Okay. Is there a team currently outside of the playoff picture? Uh, I'll just list off the teams that are currently outside of it right now. Florida, Montreal, Philadelphia, Washington, Buffalo, Columbus, and Ottawa. Is there a team outside of it that you think, uh, or I guess you think, is? I mean, obviously not just the most notable team, but is there a team that you think could still end up sneaking into the playoffs when it's all said and done that's out of it? Florida. Like Florida to me is... I know that they're not the same team that won the president's trophy last year. They had a lot of turnover in the off season, but I, I still think that they're, they're good enough to be deserving of contender status. And and I certainly think that they're a playoff team now, you know, they got some cap struggles. I, I mean, I know that that's true of a lot of teams, but you know, they have Anthony Duclair coming back here in the next few weeks and, and, you know, they're going to have to free up cap space for him. They, they've already played with a short lineup a couple of times because of cap problems and, and injuries and, and the like. And so it's not going to be easy for that that organization to to get in. But but you know maybe I'm of the view that sometimes a little bit of struggle through the regular season can be a good thing for a team. I think sometimes if you cruise through in the manner that New Jersey and Boston have been, and look, it's not their fault. You're supposed to win every game. They're winning every game. But you know it maybe doesn't harden you for the battles to come as well as the teams that have to grind and and find their way that way. So you know I'd, I'd still watch out for the Panthers among that group of teams that that's on the outside looking in. I mean, you want to look at Washington, you, you see Nicholas Backstrom back skating after his hip surgery. You, you wonder about him coming back, but you know, I, I kind of see them as the penguins. I just think that they've slipped into kind of the, the lower tier of, of the conference. Just, you know, their best players are, are getting up there in age and, and their organizations that have traded away a lot of futures to be competitive for a long period of time. And so anyway, Florida's my, Florida's my contender team among the, the non-playoff outfits today. All right, so your contenders as of now, New Jersey, Carolina, Boston, Toronto, New York Rangers, Tampa Bay, and Florida. By the way, when we do it for the Western side, uh, if we, you know, uh, looking at the teams that are outside of the playoffs, currently it's Vancouver, San Jose, Arizona, Chicago, and Anaheim. I don't think you are you have a contender in that list, or I'm no. assuming. No. <laughs> I, got a, I got a couple of contenders on that list for Connor Bedard sweepstakes, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have to we don't have to do that same thing for the Western Conference teams. Frankly, there's more than enough possible contending teams uh, tied for that second and last wildcard spot. So we can kind of figure that out between those teams. But anyway, the truth is, there's to... just not as many contenders in the West. Now, that doesn't mean that's a, true. West, a Western team won't win the cup because it you know might be an easier path through the playoffs, the early part of the playoffs for teams out there. But, you know, I think the best teams by and large in the league are in the, the Eastern Conference. Let's go to the Central Division. The Dallas Stars, they're having a great year. They lead atop the Central Division. What say you? Contender. 
Uh, I think they're full, full value for what they've done. It's worked well with Peter DeBoer. Jason Robertson is an absolute star. Uh, no pun intended, because he's a Dallas star. <laughs> nice. But, I see what but, you did uh, there. You know, it's amazing. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the pod. In the same year that they drafted Jason Robertson, they drafted Jake Ottinger and Miro Haskinen. So they they might have got a franchise player at forward, defense, and in goal all in the same draft. I mean, I'm that high on Jake Ottinger um, as a, as a goaltender, and obviously Haskinen's been been one of the, the better defensemen in the league since since you know really day one. So you know that's that that's that's a tidy bit of business right there. And so that that if you want to explain why I think Dallas is still relevant and good, that that's really where it starts because you know they have some some higher price players. That that are, are legacy players that have become more secondary and Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, but they've been able to remain competitive because of the injection of of those three guys uh, in particular, and and you know they have other good players in their team. So I I think they'll be probably trading for another forward at some point between now and March third, um, perhaps an impactful one. And I I think the Stars are a team to be reckoned with. Let's go to the Colorado Avalanche, second in the Central Division, Cap C contender, four underlines. Uh, for four signifying the number of rounds they won last year in the playoffs while winning the Stanley Cup. You know, this this is another example of a team that's going to probably have to scratch and claw more than we would have guessed just because, I mean, look at their injured list. I mean, they're, 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 there's guys in their lineup I've barely heard of, and I'm paid to, to write and talk about hockey. So, I mean, they, huh. they've had to really dig into the organizational depth chart in the early part of the season. Obviously, they played a lot of hockey last year, had a short summer. I think that this is going to be a grind of a regular season for the Avs, but but there's just too much talent, and the experience of last year is going to serve them well. So they're 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 the number one contender for me in the, in the Western Conference. The Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to call them a contender. Um, I, I know we've slept on the Jets a little bit on this pod, and we I know you, you brought that up when Murat wrote a story about it, um, but. You know, I, I I like the direction they're going. I think that they're built to playoff to win playoff games, and they got a goaltender that that matches up pretty much you know well with anyone. So, um, there there a lot of things are going to have to go right for them to win a Stanley Cup. But that's you know that that happens sometimes, right? Uh, and so you know I, I think that they're a small C contender right now in the Western Conference. So we move on from the Central Division to the Pacific Division. Let's start with the Vegas Golden Knights. Contender. I mean, last year is an aberration. That that's it's it's one of those things like you look at their entire history, it just last year everything that could go wrong went wrong. That's not happening now. I'm seeing all kinds of good um reaction to Bruce Boudreau, uh, Bruce Boudreau, Bruce Cassidy uh taking over the coaching job there. Um you know, a healthy Jack Eichel. They that's a team you know, and, and goal, we'll, we'll see how it holds up. It's been really good so far with Logan Thompson uh, logging most of the starts. But I, I just, I think that they're, that they're primed and ready. And, and, and you know, I wouldn't surprise me to see Vegas come out of the West. You know, it's going to be tough. They probably have to go through Colorado at some point to do it. But um, the Golden Knights are back, baby. I like that. The Golden Knights are back, baby. That's a good quote. That's a good quote. That's poten- that's title potential. The Golden Knights are back, baby. Um, <laughs> Seattle, the Kraken. Love a good story. Sorry, Seattle. I, I'm I'm calling you guys pretenders. Um, but that label comes with a hefty bit of respect for the way that that organization has pulled itself up. It, it, this is, you know. They were almost a non-entity last year, and and you know I think that 
that's kind of what you traditionally expect with an expansion team. But we almost didn't talk about them. Like there was just nothing to talk about. Um, they they're they've been for real. I mean, Martin Jones, who would ever guessed it, but he's had a great bounce back and goal for them after a number of seasons where his save percentage was on the wrong side of 900. Um they're they're playing hard. They're they're not an easy two points anymore when you go to Climate Pledge Arena. But I, I still, I mean, let's be realistic. They're still going to need time and to to really build up their organization, to have some of their own draft picks become impactful players to a greater degree than they have today. And so I don't think anyone should expect them to be a contender in year two of existence. Um, and, and I don't see them there just yet. The Los Angeles Kings to round out the Pacific Division. I think this the is Kings, a thinker. Well, because I want to say I'm, I'm trying not to give out too many contenders, but I do think the Kings could be a contender. Uh, I really like the direction they're going. Let's remember they gave Edmonton everything they could handle in round one. They nearly were a team that played in the second round last year. Um, I still think that there's a little something missing, but I, you know, they're a team. There could be a sneaky team in the Patrick Kane thing too. I mean, I know that I brought that up for a few teams, but. That 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 changes the complexion if they go out and make that kind of move. Uh, I'll call them a contender, but I'm 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 not, as you can tell, I'm not terribly bullish on it. Like I, I'm a, I'm a little bit like I'm on the fence a little bit because I, I just wonder if I'm expecting too much to go right for them to actually be a team that could have a long playoff run this this uh, spring. So for those trying to keep track and CJ, please uh add a team if I'm missing. You've mentioned the Islanders, the Rangers, and now the Kings as a team to watch out for in the Patrick Kane sweepstakes. Am I yeah, missing a team? It'll be more than that. I mean, I wonder about Toronto. I do. I'm not saying like no one with the Leafs has told me they're interested. It's nothing like that. But I just it might. I don't know. It might make some sense for them. Then you might argue, well, they already have Mitch Marner, who's a better version in today's game of, of what Patrick Kane does. Like, is it too much of a good thing? Um, I don't know, but yeah, the, those, those three teams I could see being interested. There'll be more though. I mean, it's a little premature too. Like the way that the Chicago management and Kane and his agent have decided to do this is basically revisit it come January. So, I mean, we're still, we're still another almost six weeks from when I think this will become a more pressing conversation, but it's never too early to dream. Let's go to the wildcard teams. Uh, the Calgary Flames, they have the first of two wildcard spots in the West. I'll call them a contender. You know, we haven't seen it yet entirely. They haven't, you know, it's been kind of a up and down start, I'd say, for Calgary. But, you know, I, I think that if you step back and look at it, we should probably expect there to be some time for everything to sort of gel and fit together. We know that they're another team that'll be out there looking at a forward before the, the deadline. And they still played reasonably well uh, for for spurts. So, you know, they're not blowing the doors off teams like New Jersey and Boston and Vegas. Uh, but I still think that they're they're going to be a difficult outcome playoff time. I think that they're going to find themselves a little bit more by then. And, you know, they've also got last year to build on, too. So I, I, I still see them as a contender and, um, you know, no obvious glaring holes again. Like it's there's there's no one part where I'm like, hmm, you know, which is where I get to with Edmonton, right? Like I'm, I'm having a hard time imagining that working for them in net. Um, so I, I have Calgary still as a contender. 
We have now four teams uh, tied for that second wildcard spot. Uh, You already mentioned that uh, the Edmonton Oilers are a pretender, and you listed the reasons why. So I'll have you go through uh, the three other teams. Let's start with the St. Louis Blues. Ooh, pretender still. I know that they had eight-game losing streak and then a big winning streak, and, and they still got good players. But I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, shot metrics aren't that kind to them. Like, again, this is NHL, and there really is parity in a lot of ways at the top. So circumstances might change that have my view change. But but based on the start to the season, I'm not, I'm not giving them the contender label. Okay. What about the Minnesota Wild? Pretender. Um you know they've taken a step back from last year. I think that was expected. They're they're feeling the pain of the the difficult decision to buy out Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. You know they've got a huge cap charge uh, on their books this year for that. That that limits what they can do to improve the team. Um, you know I, I like the direction they're going big picture in Minnesota. I just I don't think this is going to be the year where they're truly contending for a cup. Just because it's, I mean how can you do that with so much dead money on your cap? I think it's 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 asking a lot. Uh, they're not really going to be in a position to add significantly at the deadline unless they have a significant injury to another top player, which then you're down that top player. So I, I, I think it's pretender status right now for the wild. And finally, the Nashville Predators. Pretender. Um, they're good players, just aren't good enough. You know, it's it's not every team has good players, right? But when you stack them up against Colorado's top players or Vegas's top players, like I just I think that they fall short in that area. Um, you know, I, I, they're not a bad team. I just don't see them as a team that's could threaten to win four playoff rounds come April, May, and June. And with that contenders and pretenders comes to an end. Uh, here's the list of contending teams, New Jersey, Carolina, Boston, Toronto, the New York Rangers, uh, Tampa, Florida, Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg, Vegas, the Los Angeles Kings and the Calgary flames. And the is that too many list, contenders? You can 13? really have it as many as you want. I mean, one, right. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, 13, 12, 13. And then on the pretender side, you have eight. So you have Edmonton, the Islanders, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Seattle, St. Louis, Minnesota, and Nashville. I'm pretty confident with that. Like, I'm comfortable with that. I think this is a pretty good list. I mean, the team that Edmonton is going to make me look bad for a second straight year because <laughs> like you could lose a lot of money betting against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Like those guys could maybe win a cup on their own. We'll see. Um, but I, I do think, look, losing Kane, it's just it's it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And like, look, Jack Campbell has not been good in Edmonton. Like, I, 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 I get it. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, you know, I came to know Jack a little bit during his time in Toronto. Like, he's such a great guy. It would be cool to see him go on a run, and and he's done it in the past. So that's that's what could change there. That that will maybe flip the P to a C for for me. But you know, until I see it and see proof of it, then you know, I'm not I'm not going to believe it as an article of faith. All right. Uh, with that, uh, stick tap time. Stick taps and cross checks. Do you have a stick tap? Are you going to keep it positive this week? Do you have someone you want to uh, cross check? Probably a stick tap this week. It's a stick tap. Patrice Bergeron, thousand points, future first ball- ballot Hall of Famer. Um, it's funny, I just saw him in Toronto after a morning skate, 
when I was talking about that tournament in Riga, he actually was on team Canada there at the world championship in 2006. And after the scrum, he goes Riga, he like pointed, like he still remembers 16 years later, which is crazy. Um, there wasn't a lot. Of, I might've been the only Canadian reporter there, but it's just funny that his mind went there. Uh, just an absolute class guy. Uh, even for those that don't know him, like what you see in your impression of him is bang on. And I love the way the Bruins came on the ice and celebrated his thousandth point in Tampa. Um, you can't do that too much, but I, I think it just shows, you know, what he means to them, what he means to the league. Um, it's cool to see him hit that kind of milestone. So stick tap to you, Patrice. I will give my stick tap to Evgeny Malkin, who recently played his 1000th NHL game. And uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins took the time to uh, celebrate that on Wednesday night against the Flames. Comes down to a shootout between those two teams. And Evgeny Malkin wins it and he throws his stick in the air in celebration. Loved it. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, it's weird to you think of the fact that he was a number two guy in the draft behind Alexander Ovechkin. He's kind of the number two guy behind Sidney Crosby uh, in Pittsburgh, but he is an all world player, a future Hall of Fame talent. And he had moments where he played like the best player in the world. So uh, Evgeny Malkin deserves all the praise he can get. So congratulations to him and stick taps to him on him playing his 1000th NHL game. I was sure you were going to cross-check the idiots in the crowd at the Prudential Center. Mm, I could have done that. That could have actually been a really good idea. But I also I wanted to just, shout out still, of Getty Malkin. We're still getting used to, like, do we want to focus on the negative or the positive? We're two positive yeah, guys. So it's... That's it. But that was that cross-check was just waiting for you. You could have just cross-checked all those morons. You know what it is? If we didn't acknowledge it, I probably would have went for it. But since we did and we didn't, right. I kind of mentioned if Getty Malkin in passing. I was like, you know what? Let me just mention Malkin and give him his due. I, I, I picked positive over negative. Julian, quickly before we go, I've got a movie recommendation for you. Oh, I need to hear this. CJ's you, movie quarter time. I was going to say, you know, and the real fans, the OGs know that I don't watch many movies, but yes, I'm getting in the Christmas holiday spirit and I watched Spirited this week and rather enjoyed it. Uh, I did it under the guise, Ryan Reynolds, right? Uh, he's, he's a man of the moment in the NHL. So I figured... Might as well check out his latest work, Will Ferrell. And it was it was excellent. So I, I highly recommend that to you if you got any free time this weekend to to watch a movie. All right. You heard it from the man. Watch Spirited with uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan Reynolds. This was not an ad, by the way. <laughs> no. I actually just like, decided, like, all this pressure from you to watch movies. I decided to watch a movie <laughs> the other night. It's kind of funny, I'm, like, applying this pressure. Well, it's not really me, but... It's funny, but at least you did it. We, we have a CJ's movie quarter. So watch that movie if you feel so inclined. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Get your questions in for Ask CJ. Uh, join the Discord. Follow us both on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter accounts are in the description. Uh, CJ, anything you want to add before uh, we sign off officially? Or are we good? Don't bring any hate to my mentions. We're just having fun with our contenders and pretenders. That's a good way of putting it. For CJ, I'm Julian. Thanks so long and peace. Enjoy your weekend. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at Reporter Chris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.